Zigzag and One, a place where we honestly discuss how to embrace the zigs and the zags in our crazy lives. Running away is not an option. Living in defeat is not an option. Instead, learning how to keep moving forward is what we'll do together, one nugget of wisdom at a time. Your host is Melanie Brown. She's navigated a few zigs and zags in her life with the determination to never give up. Expect great stories and lots of laughs. Are you ready? Let's do it. everyone. I am so excited that you are joining us today for the Zigzag in One podcast. I have an exciting guest with me today. I am so fortunate to get to spend time with her and learn from her, and her passion is just oozing out of her, and I can't wait for you to meet Ann Kerr of True North Freedom Project. She has so much to teach us today about sexuality and how we should view that through God's eyes and also how our culture has skewed that view that God wants us to have of sexuality. So welcome, Anne. So glad you you could join us. Me too. I'm excited to be here. Well, let's start off with zigzags, since that's what we, the, the title of our podcast, that's what we're focusing on. Tell me about the zigzags that led you to where you are now with your ministry. Okay, well, a few years ago, my my youngest daughter left for college, and I became aware of human trafficking, and I started working in that arena in Atlanta, and through the women that we were trying to help get out of prostitution, um, this organization Out of Darkness, I was working for, I just saw such such brokenness in them. It was yes. just— It was really tragic, and recovery was hard, and it was long, and it was expensive, and I just knew that we had to do something to stop it and kind of get to the root of it. So God led me to start the organization True North Freedom Project, which we knew we were going to kind of go upstream and deal with um, a very common problem, which was just misunderstanding of sexuality and Mm -hmm. porn use. But what I didn't know as I was beginning this new journey was that my husband had a struggle with pornography. and. Wow. It had gone on the first 28 years of our marriage, and this was my best friend, Mm. my lover, the father of our children. Mm -hmm. Uh, It it came very unexpectedly into my life. Um, He was very repentant. He, He confessed to me. And God had set him free a few months before in a pretty miraculous way that would take a long time to talk about. But the bottom line is God really captured his heart that day, and he, he... Greg came to me a few months later and told me about the transformation that had happened. Of course, this was a new, um, stark and disturbing reality for me. Of this, course. Yeah, this is not what I had thought was going on the last, you know, the, the first 28 years of our marriage. Yes. But God began to heal both of our hearts. And I say both because it really was a heart change that was needed for Greg to, to walk away from that. And he mm-hmm. did. Praise the Lord. And uh, I had to figure out the new normal. I had to figure out. Um, how to trust him again, you know, how to talk about these things in a more um, effective way instead of just, um, you know, condemning the behavior, how to really understand more the heart of my husband. And so around that time I was starting True North, it was kind of surreal how it all happened. And and that's just in a nutshell, that could probably be a whole nother episode, you know, to talk about what happened in that season of healing, because it really was beautiful. 
Um, but that's kind of, I, if I look back on my life, that certainly is one of those um, seasons that I can look back on and say, wow, we were really in the depths. And now it's been about five years since that day. And God has redeemed it so beautifully and continues to. Those are some pretty significant zigzags, yeah. I would say. <laughs> uh, just hearing you say that, that's that's hard to comprehend of 28 years and you not having any clue about that going on in his life. Yeah. Um, you know, secrets are killers. And, yes. And so he was keeping a very dark secret. But even the night of his confession, one of the things that really stood out to me was um, my heart was broken for my husband because he had been in a dark place for a long time. Mm -hmm. But honestly, my heart was really broken for the Christian church because I realized we had been in some amazing churches in the Atlanta area, and he never felt the safety to turn to someone in any one of those churches and confess this struggle to them or to try to reach out for help. And I don't think that comes as, as a surprise to anyone because, frankly, the churches aren't really talking about things related to sexuality. The good aspects of it, the bad, the ugly, they're just not being talked about. I, I would agree with that. I had a conversation with a friend the other day about that very thing mm -hmm. that I, I feel a little ill-equipped about those, those topics and mm -hmm. the leadership of churches. We need that leadership to guide us in those uncharted waters. And and it sounds like that's precisely where God led you through that very difficult time. Right. And he ha he's had us on a journey. True North started about five years ago. And in the beginning, we weren't sure exactly what we were going to do, but we began to talk with pastors and ministry leaders and just kind of get the lay of the land. You know, what what's going on in your churches? And we did find that Across the board, people were coming. Some people were coming forward for help with issues like porn use or infidelity or um, other, you know, sexual wounding, abuse, things like that. Mm -hmm. But also pretty much across the board, they were sending them out to therapists, which isn't a terrible thing. It's just that the problem of sexual brokenness is so pervasive that we really need we need guidance. We need guidance from the Word of God. We need to understand our sexuality better. We need to find it so that we can lead um, our children to embrace the sacredness of it and, you know, live it out through the power of Christ. So, yeah, that's what we're doing with True North. We are um, we're helping parents, especially we've narrowed our focus to parents because we feel like, first of all, they're a very captive audience. They want to help their children. They're they, hungry for it. They are. They are very hungry for it because, again, the information is not out there on how to lead our children in conversations about sexuality, especially since the worldview is so in your face and so down your throat about it. Exactly. And we feel very ill-equipped as parents, I know I do, about how to speak to our boys about sexuality, especially mm -hmm. the the verses even in, in the Bible that lead us to what is God's view of healthy sexuality. Right. Yeah. We all have those kind of obstacles, those things that make it feel a little shameful or um, Maybe, you know, the uncomfortableness is something that we can all relate to. <laughs> Very much so. Yes. And, of course, those can be stepping stones to God, too, because our goal is really to help parents 
understand the sacredness of their own sexuality so that they can lead their children to understand it. But we also have a little bit of a different approach. You know, there are so many books out there that tell parents how to talk to your kids about sex. Yes. And uh, there are some good ones, um, lots of good ones. But our approach is a little bit different in that we bring a lot of compassion to the conversation. And I think that is really, really key. What do you mean by that? Well, think about it. Our sexuality is such a deep, integral part of being a human. I don't really know of any other aspect of our humanity that connects the heart, the mind, the body, the emotions, the spirit, and the soul of a person like our sexuality. Wow, that's, that is pretty profound. I would have never thought about it that yeah, way. Yeah, I, I like what you just said. And because it is such a profound and such a, uh, an integrated part of ourself, the enemy knows this. He knows that our that our sexuality is sacred, but he also knows how powerful it is. And Dan Allender, um, a lot of people know of his work, um, especially healing from childhood sexual abuse. He's um, written a lot on that. But he he had something that really stuck. He said something that really stuck with me. He said the enemy understands the significance of our sexuality. And he knows the power of it. With just a few seconds of an unwanted sexual encounter, he can essentially mar the glory of a person for a lifetime. And that's not a direct quote, but that's kind of the way Dan Allender put it. Mm -hmm. And isn't it true, you know, just that um, all of us have, first of all, we were born into a broken world. We are not, um, you know, none of us are perfect. The the human um, condition was broken at the fall. And so our sexuality is broken also. Yes. And in a sexualized world, we're all going to encounter things along the way that will be confusing, that might be harmful, that might present to us a very counterfeit form of sexuality, not God's design at all. Mm-hmm. So if you think about that, all that the world is presenting, if you have that kind of on one side of the scale— and that's from infancy on. And then all that the church is presenting, it's really out of balance. There, we're, we're being impacted so much by the world and so little, really, by the Word of God and effective teaching on this. And so we're trying to, we're trying to shift that scale a little bit and not just tell your kids about sexuality. Get excited about it. You know, it's an amazing design that God has, not just for sex, but even just for the way that he made us to be relational. Um, Our sexuality leads us toward connection. I love the work of Dr. Julie Slattery. And uh, one thing she said I thought was so funny. She said, there's really, you know, if if my boys didn't have a strong sexual drive, there's really nothing that would make them want to put down their video games long enough to go and try to get a date. Yes. (laughs) Yes. You know? <laughs> that's that's very true in our house as well. <laughs> yes. So our sexuality is good. It leads us toward connection and it leads us toward intimacy and those are very good things. So I think we just have to understand that we've all internalized a lot of the world's messaging and we need to counteract that with truth and begin to really live out of the truth of of how we are created and it's a beautiful design. I love that. And and as you're speaking, all I can think about is the onslaught from our TV, from our media, from the radio, the movies, everything that we are exposed to and take in is so sexually charged, mm-hmm. but not necessarily, and 
I wouldn't even say not necessarily, is definitely not pointing towards God's design of sexuality. So what are some of the things that the True North Freedom Project does to get that message out? Do you speak? Do you mm-hmm. write? Do you what? What is it that you're doing? Yeah, both of those. I have a blog that is uh, geared toward parents just to encourage them along the way and help them um, bit by bit understand their sexuality better so that they can uh, lead their children better and also understand the obstacles, the natural obstacles like shame or um, wounding or fear, you know, all kinds of things that keep us from entering into these conversations with our children. I have a talk that I give to parents that I just absolutely love. I, I call it Allies, Parents and Kids Navigating a Sexualized Culture. And the whole idea is that your children have an adversary in this culture, the devil. The devil wants to destroy the good design for sexuality that God yes. has for their lives. Yes. So they have an adversary. They need an ally. And an ally is someone that really walks with you. It's not just someone who gives you a talk when you're 11 years old. You know, It's someone who from your earliest ages is going to tell you what your body parts are called and is going to answer your questions very honestly along the way and not avoid them like, I did, and a lot of parents do. Yes. Or wait till a child is older. You know, children can feel sexual feelings really pretty early. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, God made our bodies, certain parts of our bodies feel differently when we touch them. That's by God's design. So even normalizing conversations about that. Um, helping children understand the way that God made their bodies. So in my allies talk, what I do is um, I, I help parents understand the need to connect with their children in this area, not just not just give them a talk, you know, but really connect as one sexual being to another sexual being and journey with your child and become the one that your child turns to rather than hides from when they start to encounter sexual things along the way. And of course they will, because we all did. And uh, when they, you know, a memory gets imprinted on their brain, that was something that was so odd to me when I was a little girl. It was like, why why could I keep seeing that image that I saw when I was 11 at a sleepover? I didn't really want to see that image again, but someone just put it in front of my face. And it imprinted on my brain. So it's kind of interesting. There are some scientific things that... Um, you know, actually can help us understand the way the brain works in response to sexual things. And then, of course, there's there are a lot of uh, scriptural things, too. So we try to bring a balance of science and scripture into the conversation and help parents see that it's not that hard. It's going to take a little bit of courage. but It definitely <laughs> takes courage because being a boy mom myself, having conversations about sex and sexuality with my boys feels very uncomfortable. Yeah. I try to do it. I probably need to do it a little more frequently than I do. But that is something that I have found has opened up conversations with them that, yes, again, are very uncomfortable. But I would rather them asking me or my husband than asking their friends who are learning it from not necessarily the most credible places. Exactly. So one thing I tell parents is you have information about sex and sexuality that your kids need. Yes. And they're going to get that information somewhere. Well, and, and this is not a plug for me, but I, I will say I've mentored quite a few young girls over the years. And I can think of one parent in specific that has thanked me numerous times because she knows that I am walking alongside her daughter. Mm-hmm. And I've told her daughter and the other girls that I've mentored, ask me anything. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not your mom. I'm not your dad. So I'm an adult, a safe adult that you can ask questions to. And they've, I've, I've had a few questions. I haven't had as many as I had hoped mm-hmm. about sexuality. But you can tell they're uncomfortable about it. But I'm just glad that there's that opportunity for other adults to walk side, walk alongside yeah. children that are safe adults that we know that our children may feel safe asking those questions. If it's uncomfortable with mom and dad, maybe they'll ask me or mm-hmm. vice versa for my boys to have another adult that they could run questions by and and learn what is true and not what is popular in the culture or trendy with sexuality. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. So you're being an ally to these girls. Well, and I love it. I I love spending time with them. And we talk about many, many, many different things. But I have stressed Mm -hmm. to them that you can ask me questions about boys. You can ask me questions about sex. You can ask me where the line should be drawn, those kinds of things. And they have. And and I feel honored that they trust me to do that. I think that's great. And I think... For parents uh, who are listening who might have younger children, I would just say, please adopt that policy. No question is off limits to your child. And I encourage parents just to give a short, honest answer to every single question, because then what happens is that you become their go-to. You become the person that they know they can trust, and you want that to happen. And so if you avoid questions or if you act like... um, you know, they're they're bad for asking a question, or even if children internalize some sort of shame based on your response, then walls can start to come up. And shame is a big inhibitor of conversations. So really just try hard to affirm your child's sexuality at every stage. And, you know, there are things that they have to learn how to manage and um, how to do that. But we also, in my talk, we, we share with parents some really great resources that they can read with their children that will help open up these conversations. And I have resources starting from when they're about three years old. So speaking of books, I know Mm -hmm. you're working on a book. Could we chat about it for a second? Yes. Okay. So I know the title is always a working title. Just because an author picks a title doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to end up being the title. But what's the working title? (laughs) Well, if I had to say today, um, I don't know. I've thought about the ally approach because mm-hmm. it is kind of a different approach to the sex talks. I, I, but I, and I like it talk. because mm-hmm. I can see the difference between the adversary and the ally. And, and that is almost a visual picture if you can portray that on the cover. Yeah. That would be fabulous because I, I can see how parents would grasp that, that uh, juxtaposition between mm-hmm. the adversary and the ally and knowing that we need to come alongside and be an ally on such an important topic. That's right. In this sexually charged, out there, anything is acceptable culture. Yeah, that's right. So I love that. They need a lifeline. So tell me a little bit about the book. You don't have to go into every single detail, (laughs) but as as an author myself, I love the idea of knowing what you're writing. Well, um, it is exciting to think about offering a resource that I didn't have, you know, 30 years ago and that I desperately could have used. And it's a lot like several things, like I've already mentioned, just about how how do you connect with your kids in this area? Because I love the word um, compassion. I don't know if you've ever studied it in the Greek, but like when Jesus told the story of um, the Good Samaritan, and he said he had compassion on the man who was lying there, bruised and broken and, you know, naked. 
And I think compassion is a word that we have to bring in to the to the topic of sexuality. So helping parents understand, how can I be a compassionate ally to my child in this? How do we, the word breaks down into calm and, and passion. So calm is with, and passion is to suffer deep or, or to feel deeply or suffer deeply. Mm-hmm. And if, if you think about it, walking in a, in a broken world like we're walking in, it's hard. You know, it is not easy with all of the sexual things that are coming at us every single day. And so how do we how do we walk with someone in that to suffer with them in a sense walking in this this broken road on the earth today. So um yeah just understanding some of those things about how the brain works and why you remember certain memories and how can you be free of shame um even as things do come into your life you know God ordained God allows things in our lives for good purposes. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so just helping parents to um, understand a little bit more about sexuality, the good and beautiful, sacred aspects of it, and then how do we deal with uh, the struggles and the challenges that come along the way also. And how can we do that together, starting when your kids are really little? I think that is going to be a fabulous resource. As you said, I wish I would have had something like Mm -hmm. that when our boys were little. They're 17 and 20 now, Mm -hmm. and it's not too late, but— Having that resource and drawing from that advice and information as they grew at different stages would be so incredibly helpful. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. I'm very excited, too. (laughs) I am. Thank you. So, Anne, you shared about how important it is for parents to begin having that conversation about sexuality at a very young age and to continue those conversations as the children grow But talk for a minute about continuing that conversation with teens and young adults. Well, um, I would, I'll I'll start off by saying hopefully it is a continuation of a conversation, but I think in a lot of families, it might actually be kind of the beginning of conversations because most of us, frankly, didn't start off when our children were really young talking about these things. Most of us waited. If, If we gave a talk, it was more like around puberty. And often by that time, um, shame has come over a child's sexuality. So you have to just be realistic and think about maybe what you've done so far. And if it hasn't been very much, then you, you may need to kind of humbly acknowledge that with your children and just say, hey, I, I realize we've had a few talks or maybe, hey, I've been learning some things and I realize we haven't talked nearly enough about all of this, and it may feel kind of awkward right now, I think it's important that you really acknowledge or even ask them, how would it feel to talk with me about about sex or sexuality? How would that make you feel? Or is that something that we could work toward? And how could we do that? And then finding resources that are engaging for kids. I have some on our website that are meant specifically for teen girls or teen boys. And these are resources that you could read together with your children that would help spark good conversations. You might even need to apologize. You know, you might have to say, hey, I realize you probably had to figure a lot of stuff out on your own. And I'm sorry that I wasn't there for you in those moments. And then think back to when you were their age. Did you really want to talk with your parents about these things? And and how can you kind of overcome whatever obstacles might be there? And hopefully with prayer and time and and if your kids can see that that you really mean it and that you're not just out to lecture them, they don't want another lecture. 
They really don't. When they get to be a teenager and, and as they are growing on into their teen years, honestly, parents have a lot less opportunity to speak and a lot more opportunity to listen. And I do have a couple of blog posts on my website that are specifically written to parents of teens. And they're, I think the title is something like, help my teen uses porn. But even if you don't know whether or not your teen uses porn, they'd be great website or blog posts for you to go through and just kind of check out because it will help the parents see, oh, yeah, I need to identify with what my child is going through. You can't exactly because the times are very different now. But another thing you could do is just a, a kind of general question like, hey, what's it, what's it like to be you? What's it like to be a 12-year-old you right now? And really let your kids start talking to you about general things before you try to really get into the more specific things. And then just be compassionate. And also be real. You know, as, as your children get older, this is an opportunity for you to show them that you are real, that you made mistakes. They don't maybe necessarily need details of all the mistakes you made, but they need to know that you're not perfect. Because it's kind of hard to listen to someone if you think that they're perfect. Absolutely. I'm thinking back on having conversations with our boys in the car because mm -hmm. everyone's looking forward. You don't have to necessarily make eye contact. Yep. And you can have much richer and deeper conversations about many things, especially sexuality, when you're not looking eye-to-eye -eye contact. I'm so glad you brought that up. That's a really good point. So like taking a hike together. Yes. Maybe uh, if, if they like a back rub when they're going to sleep at night, you know, even just laying down in the dark. You know, sometimes, like you say, if you don't have to look someone in the eye, it's a little easier to have conversations about things that are a little tricky. Yes, indeed. So let's change subjects a bit. So it seems our churches shy away from discussions or sermons about sexuality. A friend and I recently had a conversation where we kind of feel ill-equipped about having those kinds of conversations with those who don't know God. What can the church do to bridge the gap? Well, I love that question. I love the heart behind it. And honestly, it's hard to have conversations even with people who do know God about issues related to sexuality, even though our sexuality is really one of the most common aspects of our being as a human being. So both Christians and non-Christians, I think I find there are often barriers uh, internal barriers to having these kinds of conversations. So I think one of the first things I would recommend is prayer. Pray for your pastors. Pray for your leaders. You know, they'll probably get an email either way. If they don't talk about it, they get emails asking, why aren't you talking about this? If they do talk about it, they get emails like, I can't believe you said that, you know, That's on a very Sunday true. morning. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah, so they're under a lot of pressure. And um, so really pray for them. Pray for the Holy Spirit to guide them. But then also um, remember that we are the body of Christ. You know, we can't, as Christians, we can't just look to our pastors to lead on these on these issues. So just, you know, as a, as a follower of Christ, we have an opportunity to go deeper with God on these issues. And then I would just suggest that you reach out to your pastor and in a loving and kind, non-judgmental way, non-condemning way, just say, Look, I realize these are tough topics for our times, but we are hurting out here as as a parent, as a wife, as a husband, you know, just as a friend. We don't know what to say to people around us that are, um, you know, that might not 
believe as we do or that may be literally struggling with issues like related to porn or to homosexuality or whatever it might be, a wayward child. Um, and so just to encourage the pastor that, that you're behind him or her, you know, that you really want to support them in any way that you can, but that you would love teaching on biblical sexuality from the pulpit. That's very good advice. Thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. So moving along with what we've already covered, we covered your zigzags, which is half of the, t- the title for our podcast. The other part of our podcast title is the one. What is the one takeaway that you want listeners to have with regards to parenting and faith and sexuality? Well, I would think this is something that I have come to learn in the last few years in my work, and that is that our sexuality is sacred. And I think, so my one takeaway would be embrace the sacredness of your sexuality. Become more comfortable with your own story, with um, the ways that your sexuality was impacted through the years, because none of us are exempt. We all have stories related to it. It's just, you know, a result of living in a fallen world. And so learn to be comfortable with your own story and and learn to embrace your sexuality and the things that God allowed, but also maybe the things that he has for you now, because he's always at work. And like I mentioned earlier, our sexuality isn't just imparted at puberty. It is shaped over a lifetime. So no matter what age you are, you can continue to learn things. You can continue to grow. You can continue to find um, meaning for, you know, whatever age or stage you're in and uh, for your sexuality at that point and what God has for you. Because if you're not comfortable with your own sexuality, it's going to be really hard to impact your children and help them find the sacredness of it also. That's a great takeaway, something to really chew on and think about how that impacts our own lives. Mm-hmm. So thank you for sharing that. Two things before we end our podcast. Tell me about the event that your ministry is co-sponsoring in May in Marietta. Tell okay. us some details. Yeah, I'd love to. It's called the Sexual Integrity Leadership Summit, or SILS. And the website is sexualintegrityleaders.com. It's for pastors, ministry leaders. They're really our target audience, but it's really for anyone who is interested in sexuality and the church today, helping the church become a safe place to talk about issues related to sexuality, both the good aspects of it and also the struggles. And it's May 2nd through 4th at Johnson Ferry Baptist Church just right outside of Atlanta. And of course, we hope every pastor, every church in Atlanta will send at least someone to it, but even others around the Southeast. So wherever your wherever your listeners might be, I would just encourage them to check it out, maybe send a link to their pastor to say, hey, this here are some ways to grow in this area as a ministry leader. And here's a great opportunity to come and learn from experts. Well, thank you for sharing. I hope many, many people check it out. Go to the website, get the information, sign up. So the last thing, I want to make sure the listeners know how to get in contact with you for your resources on your website and if they would like for you to speak at an event. So tell us about your website, how to get there. Okay. True North FP, like Freedom Project. So truenorthfp.org is our website. We have a weekly blog. I'd love for them to sign up for our blog. And uh, there's a place on there under events where you can uh, fill out a form to request that I come or, or how to host an Allies Talk. Really, the Allies Talk is the main talk that I give right now to parents. And I'd love to bring it to Christian school, to a church setting, a mops group, you know, anything like that. Wherever there are parents 
with kids from toddlers through teens. I'd love to come and talk with you about God's design for sexuality. Thank you so much, Anne. This has been eye-opening and informative, and I'm eager to go and look at the different pieces of information and blog posts and resources that you have on your website. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. I love it.